0: Welcome back to Pandanomics, a series exploring the economic impact of the COVID-19 pandemic and what the coming months may hold for Canadians. My name is Stephen Maurice. I'm the editor of Scotiabank Perspectives. Today I'm talking to Patricia Baker. Patricia is a director of Scotiabank's Global Equity Research Department, whose focus is in the retail sector. Patricia, thanks so much for joining me today.
1: Uh, thank you very much, Stephen, for inviting me. It's my pleasure to be here.
0: Um, could you b- briefly explain what that means to y- y- what your job is in global equity research, and uh, and what it is that you focus on in terms of retail?
1: Oh, absolutely! I'd be very happy to uh, share that with you. It's 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 a position an equity research analyst wears a lot of hats, and it's a quite a varied position. But the primarily uh, the primary focus, rather, for an equity research analyst is to uh, un- understand study and forecast uh, for publicly traded companies. In my case, I look at the publicly traded companies uh, that are in the retail uh, sector and also some companies that are in the consumer product sector. And that entails, as I indicated, financial modeling, research on the industry, thinking about companies' strategies, assessing the strategies, meeting with, talking with management and assessing uh, their abilities, and you know, making a, a judgment call on how they're running and operating uh, the company. And importantly, uh, that in, in in the end, we write reports and make recommendations and forecast targets for stock prices, which are then uh, presented to. Uh, institutional uh, and retail clients, but primarily institutional uh, money ma- money managers. We typically will write reports and make uh, presentations. Uh, at the end of the day, it's our job to uh, inform, add value, and hopefully uh, make it easy for the clients to make money by picking the
0: right stocks. Uh, hopefully that helps. Right. Yeah, no, that's that's great. And is your focus primarily Canadian or, or is it global? Are you looking at sort of the retail sector or everywhere?
1: That's an excellent question. And quite frankly, the primary uh, scope of my coverage is for Canadian uh, retailers. I also cover some U.S. retailers. Uh, additionally, a number of my companies have operations uh, globally. So at the end of the day, in order to really understand retail in Canada or in North America, you really need to be up up to speed on what trends are happening elsewhere uh, in in, in the world, because what might might be happening in China, what might be happening in Europe, gives you a preview into what might uh, be coming to uh, North America and Canada. So even if you're focused on a specific country, you really need to be aware uh, of retail trends globally.
0: Right. And some of those trends uh, in terms of, you know, w- w- what the impact of uh, of the pandemic has been on the retail sector and how people shop and how businesses react to that. I, I really want to get into some of those things as we get as we get a little further into this. But I want to just take a step back for for one second, if we can. And um, you know, uh, the, well, the Christmas season feels like a long time ago already, but it's a relatively recent—a season that traditionally is can be make or break for retailers, at least certain kinds of, uh, at least certain kinds of retailers. Can you talk a little bit about what uh, what Christmas 2020 or the holiday season 2020 uh, looked like compared to others, given the impact of uh, of the pandemic?
1: You're absolutely right, Stephen, that the fourth the fourth quarter or the holiday season uh, is critically important and there's a high degree of seasonality for most retailers. And I'm afraid I'm going to have to give you a little bit of a disappointing response uh, to your question. Uh, clearly, everybody wants to know what Holiday 20 uh, looked like and how it showed up in the P&L for retailers. But the nature of publicly traded companies with uh, the with, uh, holiday season would have ended at the end of December. And... Their fourth quarters typically end either the end of December, end of January, so we don't actually Mm -hmm. get the 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 report card, as it were, until late February, uh, early early March. But I will share with you some of my thoughts. So, firstly, um, and everybody is obviously aware of this, um, the retail holiday season for 2020 will be like no no other. Uh, certainly, mm-hmm. there will have been uh, a massive shift to uh, online. We certainly saw that uh, occurring across the board as we moved through the pandemic. So I think there would have been a tremendous shift, uh, it, it certainly in, uh, in 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 twenty in twenty twenty, and then there's likely to have been a very different uh, sort of product uh, assortment that got purchased um, in in 2020 you know accommodating you know the big change in behavior and the shift to work work from home and 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 people's desperate uh, search for ways to engage in, in differentiated uh, leisure activity but maybe I'll try and give you a snapshot through the lens of of, of three companies that have uh, reported that will give you uh, somewhat of view. The first one is uh, Mm -hmm. Visa, and their holiday sales were up or or, or takings were up over 5% year on year. Uh, And and they indicated that they had a very strong um, holiday uh, spend, particularly uh, from online. Also, uh, Apple reported the, their fourth quarter, and they indicated two things which are relevant to the retail sector. Number one, they had record number of device act- activations on, in the Christmas break, so that's giving you an indication, you know, that technology uh, was probably a, 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 a high uh, gifting uh, item uh, in in uh, holiday 2020. They also indicated that they saw 30% year-on-year growth in wearables home devices, and accessories. Again, giving you a glimpse into where people are spending uh, money. Now H&M, they are a large global uh, uh, fast fashion retailer. They reported their fourth quarter results, but that was a quarter that ended November 30th. But they also provided some indication of what they saw in the holiday period. And the story there is very different and not surprising. Their sales from the 1st of December to the end of January were down 23%. And that Hmm. primarily reflects the fact that 1,800 of their stores were closed globally, representing 36% uh, of of the fleet. They also pointed to the fact that they are expecting higher markdowns uh, in the holiday uh, period. period, you know, as they engaged in sales to try to uh, um, clear inventory, they, like many others are expecting to see some recovery through the year as lockdowns ease. But the big question on, on there is, you know, when exactly will that happen? So hopefully that gives you some sense of what the holiday might have looked like. Unfortunately, I can't give you the actual picture.
0: Right, for sure. And some of those, the examples that you gave are are interesting and kind of segue into what I was going to ask you next, which was about winners and losers. And it sounds like at least during the holiday season. So Apple as a representative, maybe of the technology sector. Uh, um doing quite well. H and M is a stand in, I guess, for the for the clothing sector, uh not so much. Are there are there other broad areas within uh within the retail sector uh that have been that have seen wins from from the impact of the uh, of the pandemic uh, versus those who have who have been maybe more broadly speaking losers
1: absolutely um everybody's well aware of the fact that the grocers were big winners from from you know starting uh last march as the big shift to eat eat uh at home Uh, you know, saw people engaged in uh, much heavier uh, 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 grocery uh, baskets. When you think about it, the average family, if you have a working mother and a working father and, and children going to school, uh, the number of meals that would have been eaten at home would be a lot less than they are when uh, both parents are working from home and the, school, the, ch- the children are uh, being homeschooled. And you know, for an extended period of time, families were cooking three meals a day, seven, day, seven days a week, which caused a, mm-hmm. a, a, a big boost. And of course, the grocers were winners also because uh, restaurants uh, were, were, clo- were closed, uh, closed down under various degrees of lockdown. Also, you know, uh, contributing to greater, uh, greater food shopping. There are other winners, though, too. If you think about, um, like, a company, I'll, I'll use Canadian Tire as an example. But the companies who sell uh, um, sporting goods, uh, who sell exercise uh, equipment, there was a run and shortage on bicycles uh, in this, sp- in this, in the spring this year. There's been mm-hmm. uh, uh, people who not not being able to spend on entertainment, not being able to travel, having incremental uh, funds uh, spending on their their homes. So we've seen um, you know home improvement uh, uh, retailers uh, do well in the pandemic here in Canada with the big you know people are 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 are. are Trading homes, moving out of uh, more dense areas, uh, and so a, co- a company like uh, Sleep Country, which is Canada's largest mattress retailer, you know, saw a boom from uh, the the pandemic. So definitely, there's there were winners uh, from the pandemic, and we we'll, you know we'll have to see how how they capitalize on that going forward. But at the end of the day, the winners are the ones the winners have won because they pivoted very quickly to ensure. That they were, were up and running on home delivery and uh, curbside pickup, which is which was uh, critically important. I just want to come back to your uh, earlier comment about you know H and M representing sort of an indication of what was going on in apparel, and I just want to make the case that not all apparel is uh, is uh, equal, because you can imagine mm-hmm. that uh, companies like Lululemon. Or any company that sold uh, leisure wear uh, mm-hmm. probably did extremely not probably did extremely well uh, through the pan- through the through the pandemic, and we've also had some winners uh, that you maybe would not have expected. And I would hold up Aritzia as one of those, uh, an apparel mm-hmm. uh, retailer in the sort of uh, aspirational um, uh, luxury uh, category, but they did a great job and reverted and their their sales very very quickly to online and uh, that resulted in them looking at their online business very differently and expanding the breadth and depth of what they could offer online as at having it almost as an endless aisle as opposed to just a mirror of what was in the store and that strategy worked incredibly well for them.
0: So let's let's talk about that a little bit. Obviously, you know, online shopping existed before COVID, uh, but uh, and you know, lots of companies were doing it and were set up to do it. Um, but obviously, they they did also have to pivot to focus. I guess in some cases, exclusively on that uh, as as everything or many things shut down over the course of COVID. What are the what are the big changes? The big trends in in shopping in the way people go about getting the things that they need that have been uh, either caused by or accelerated by uh, covid over the past year i mean just saying online shopping is sort of obvious but wait, are there other examples of ways companies have pivoted and and adapted to this new environment
1: um well you know given given that in a lot of uh, jurisdictions Non-essential retailers were not allowed to be open for certain periods of time. Um, that mm-hmm. injected an urgency to how are we going to communicate with and how are we going to get product to to our customers because they can't come to our stores. And you know that is why you saw uh, them uh, companies uh, really you know putting uh, investment toward or just accelerating efforts uh, towards. Uh, online and home delivery. Prior to the pandemic, we obviously had uh, online shopping uh, in Canada, but we were at, from a penetration rate. The Canadian market was behind, uh, certainly the Chinese market, and certainly and and behind uh, the U.S. market. And most company executives that you speak to would speak about the uh, online surge in demand uh, in uh, through the pandemic as putting them two to three years further ahead. Than where they thought they would be in 2020. In other words, they were hitting levels that they thought they might achieve in 20, 2023 or 2024. So mm-hmm. that that's a big uh, you know shift to have to to have to uh, 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 deal with. But the the the, um, the 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 companies had no choice if they wanted to uh, participate. To you know. Be innovative uh, and, and 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 figure out how they were how they're going to get the goods uh, to their to their customers. And if the customers can't go to the store, then you know it is uh, curbside pickup or uh, home 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 delivery.
0: Mm-hmm. And it, it, just in terms of home delivery, I mean, obviously, uh, it, it seems obvious anyway. Uh, <laughs> it speaks to my personal experience mm-hmm. uh, that Amazon has been a huge beneficiary uh, of uh, what's taken place over the last year. Uh, endless boxes with their logo on it all over the place and stacking up in post offices and everywhere else. So, I mean, you know, obviously it's because they have the capacity to deliver things and to do that quickly, but it also means, I guess taking market share from traditional retailers or at least uh, <laughs> taking some margin from them because they're the, sort of the middleman for the purchase of it, is that going to be, uh, you know, is that permanent or where Amazon will be dominant uh, in in that space? Or is it possible for other retailers really to sort of reclaim it to deal directly with customers and, and deliver things and provide the same sort of speed? Well,
1: excellent question. I will just rephrase what you said. Am- Amazon is dominant, period. Mm-hmm. Amazon, though, is not dominant in every category. And the, for a retailer to compete with 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 Amazon, they need to have uh, a brand or a product that uh, Amazon does not have. Uh, and that's why you know uh, developing uh, good relationships, customer relationships. Uh, with your customers is 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 critical towards you know success going forward. You have to stand for something with your with with your customers, and have a product that they that they really like and uh, you know uh, uh, and 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 feel comfortable ordering for you from you. And you know you have to deliver a an almost flawless and seamless uh, omni-channel and online delivery experience. And there are a number of companies that can. Do, Can do that. I think that Amazon will continue to grow, but Amazon will not leave every single retailer in its wake. And here in Canada, Amazon is 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 nascent really when it comes to uh, online delivery of groceries. So you know that's why you know we've seen such growth uh, from uh, you know the 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 large players in Canada, including uh, Walmart, uh, Loblaw, uh, Metro, uh, and Sobeys Empire. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. explosive growth uh, delivering groceries to home, but it, 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 it's it's all about the brand and and the connection with uh, with the consumer. And so, you know, I mentioned uh, earlier uh, that uh, Lululemon—that's a very strong uh, brand globally—and has very has had very strong sales through the pandemic. Clearly, Amazon does sell leisurewear, but they don't sell that brand. And you have customers who just. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, married for life to that brand, uh, you know, right. uh, 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 as, as, as it may be. So you, you, you can compete against Amazon, but you have to be differentiated and have a really solid connection with your consumer.
0: Right. Okay. One last question. I guess I'm going to ask you to put on your prognosticator hat and, um, difficult as that may be because there's all kinds of variables and unknowns how quickly the vaccines will roll out how much longer uh, lockdowns in various places will will remain in place um, but all that being said uh, how what do you see as the outlook for retail and if you can, you can subdivide that if you want to or not uh, into different into different sections but um, it be is it going to be sort of a frightening beginning of the year with an upturn or uh, how do you how do you see sort of the rest of 2021?
1: I think I think uh, 2021 is going to be uh, a year of if, if, if we're if we're lucky, a year of two tails. Uh, so the first half or the first maybe three quarters of the year is still going to be fraught with uncertainty because we remain under uh, lockdown. And uh, we have we have. Approval for vaccines, but we do not have the vaccines in, in the arms of all the Canadians. And until that time, uh, you know, people are going to remain very focused on safety, on convenience, health and safety, and will remain cautious. So that's going to in- impact uh, uh, retail. If uh, Prime Minister Trudeau, you know, reaches his goal of having most Canadians vaccinated by September, then after September, people will ease ease up feel more uh, comfortable and we could see retail open uh, up again. I think you mm. know, that it will be, even with the vaccine, there's a chance it may be a slow uh, return to uh, normal. But I, I want I want to point out, and this is, I think, critically important that people talked very much at the beginning of the pandemic about a new normal. And I think coming out of the pa- pandemic, consumers' behaviors and consumers' focus Uh, On uh, you know products, et cetera, et cetera, have changed dramatically. And I think what we're what I think through through this you know eleven month now uh, 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 COVID situation, I think people consumers are reevaluating what they need, reevaluating what is essential, and also reevaluating who they want to do uh, business with. And there's going to be, I believe, a heightened interest in sustainability, um, a Mm -hmm. heightened interest in the social good and and connection with the community. So consumers may change, you know, who they deal with and how often uh, they deal with and what they purchase. I think there's going to be a big shift there. So that's a challenge that the retailers will have to, um, you know, focus on. The good news, and that that I welcomed throughout the COVID period, is you know the there has been a move, uh, you know, in the public markets over the course of the last several years on ESG and corporate responsibility, and the companies did not lose sight uh, of their focuses on ESG, and Mm I I, you know I, I think that that was quite welcome, and I I think that. Now, investors certainly are looking for more of that. But in a way, I think consumers are also looking for greater social uh, responsibility. Um, So 2021 is going to be a bit like 20, but not as bad.
0: Well, that'll be fascinating to see whether it, one of the outcomes of uh, of the pandemic is a bit of a shift in consumer attitudes around you, you know the values that they think are important from the from the companies that they do business with. Um, that's a, that's a really interesting point. Um, listen, I really want to thank you, Patricia, for joining us today. This has been uh, really interesting.
1: Thank you very much, Stephen. Have a great day.
0: Thank you. I've been speaking with Patricia Baker, Director in Retailing and Global Equity Research at Scotiabank. Thanks so much for listening to Pandonomics. If you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe on Apple, Google, or Spotify. And we'll see you soon. Please see the Scotiabank website for legal disclaimers. Thank you.